as to why the Road Warriors acted as they did in that match. Uh, it's, it's hard to, to, to determine what goes through athletes' minds. We know the Road Warriors have put a lot of pressure on themselves to be the next tag team champions of the world. But pressure or not, what they did was certainly uncalled for. It was unprovoked. There was no reason for it. And Tony Schiavone went right to the locker room to confront the Road Warriors, and here's how that interview went. There's no doubt we need to find out exactly what happened here tonight. And, you know, certainly one of the most gut-wrenching things I've ever seen in professional wrestling with these two men, the Road Warriors and Paul Ellering. Let me tell you something, Tony Schiavone. We just proved our point. We had the first club right where the hell we wanted them. And Steve came in where his bills didn't belong. Now we're tired of carrying people. We're tired of carrying Dusty Rose. We carried them long enough. We're tired of being the guys that get the new guy come in. We'll tackle them with the road warriors. Make them be something. We've had it. I need him. He needs me. And we need our manager. And that's it. We've had it with everybody else. 
Now, wait, wait just one second. Can I say something right here, if it's okay, if you don't mind? Make your peace. You smart off to me. You'll end up just like Sting. Now, what do you want to ask I'm me? I'm not going to smart off to you, but well, have, have, have you thought about all the repercussions? Repercussions? Not, not only... Not only did you take out, we don't know how, how badly he's injured right now, but not only did they take out a man that's a very popular athlete, one of the most in the sport of professional wrestling, but what about when you go to the arena all the time and you see these thousands upon thousands of kids dressed up, painted up like the Road Warriors? Did you ever think about hey, that? Well, how you let them down? It let them down! Let them down! I didn't let nobody down! He didn't let nobody down! We did what we're best at! And that's busting face! If it's Steve, if it's anybody, he was in there! Trying to make us look bad. We don't need any of that. We're tired of carrying people. We're tired of making everybody else look good. At our cost. Well, now it's just us. The way it used to be. The three of us. Forget about the rest. Because we don't need them. And we never did. Fans, from the... Giovanni. This all started because of Dusty Rhodes. If he would have been here tonight and set off at some namby-pamby charity for some special kids of his. If he would have been here wrestling tonight, this wouldn't have happened to that kid, that kid Sting. He's a nice kid, but we never liked him. We never liked him anyway. You gotta understand that, Tony. You're a nice kid, Sting. You just got in the way. Dusty Rhodes, this is your fault. You should have been there tonight, not at some charity. Take the money that you win and give it to the kids. But don't take our time or our money because that's what you did. You took the money out of our pocket. Take the money out of your own pocket and give it to them kids. But not our money and not our time. That's it, fans, from obviously one of the most disgusting scenes that I've ever seen. Pro Wrestling Spotlight, presented by Hami Media and the Pro Wrestling Reflection, where we discuss the very best of the best in pro wrestling history. And what you gonna do when Hulkamania and the largest arms in the world revolve on you? The two soundest wrestlers in the World Wrestling Federation, maybe in the history of the World Wrestling Federation, are right here, right now. Mr. Perfect and the excellence of execution, the Hitman. WrestleMania weekend isn't complete without the heartbreak kid, and he is on his way. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. They think they got the answers. I change the question. You will rest in peace. Get used to it in Ric Flair, who you're looking at the man. Is going on there to the Beatle Whites, the Hami Knights, and you know what? You're still on probation, Jimmy. But anyway, neither here nor there, but I'll keep saying it just so you get the message. Remember, I am the master debater, but changes are coming. But what's going on to the PWCites? What's going on to all the Reflectionites? The left, the right, the Dems, the Repubs, the Magnificent Seven, the Elite Eight, the Naughty Nine, the Terrific Ten. You know who you are. Welcome to Welcome, oh, welcome to the PWR on the Hameen Media Group at Powerbeam.com. Welcome to the PWR Spotlight at the Hameen Media Group at Powerbeam.com. And if you don't know, now you know. You know, for all the reflectionites all around the world, you know, we got some. One thing I want to say before I introduce myself, before I introduce my partner in crime, 
when we had the debate special. I was proven again, right as right can be. Not that I won the debate, that's neither here nor there, because of course, what was proven to be said is true. The results are in. Tribalism wins. If you're a fan of Arn, you're a fan of Arn. If you're a fan of Tully, you're a fan of Tully. I got DMs saying Arn was the better champion. I got DMs that saying Tully was the better champion. I got DMs that said Arn was the better TV champion, while Tully was the better U.S. Heavyweight Champion. I was even, we weren't even talking about the U.S. Heavyweight Championship. But again, what I'm trying to prove here, while the debate special is all fun and games, and while we might do another future debate special, tribalism always wins. I was right again. I'm right on debating with Jimmy. I'm right against debating with TW on a consistent basis. I'll be undefeated. And I'm right about tribalism again. But again... It was a fun episode. I just wanted to give you some of the results that I got over the week, over the days, over the Twitters, over the sliding of the DMs. No homo there, TW. But it's all true there. Tribalism wins. Nobody won the debate. Either either or. If you're a fan of one, you're the fan of one. If you're the fan of the other, you're the fan of the other. But again, there are no winners. There are no losers. It's what you feel in your heart. But what I felt in my heart was right all along. But again, welcome to the PWR Spotlight, and I am the host with the most. I am the affluent one. I am the charismatic one. I am the master debater. But most importantly, I am the glorious one. The only objective man in this IWC, YWC, probationary Jimmy, PWC pundentry. The only objective man in this wrestling hemisphere. The only objective man in this upcoming 2024 elections because I ain't gonna vote for nobody no way, no how, no sir. The Professor Chabelle Cruz, and I'm not here alone. No, 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 no. I am here with my brother from another mother, the conservative liberal, liberal conservative, dum dum do idiots on the iron stomach one, Dr. Frankenstein himself, the man who's going into Chicago this coming week, and he's gonna tell all the Chicago Reflectionites that Detroit is number one, the Red Wings are kings, the Blackhawks suck dick. Tommy, I wonder how you're doing, my friend. I'm doing this good. This is a liter, and I drank a third of it last night on top of what I drank in the Chicago restaurants and bars, because it's uh, it's a two-day vacation without using vacation days. And by the way, got fist bumped it on the street, bumped it. Fist bumped on the street wearing my Detroit Red Wings hat and my buddy Jason wearing his hat. Guy across the street, I saw his hat, and he went pointed at us at Red Wings and then I just whatever. And then I think in the pizza place Gino's East, you should eat there if you ever come here. Um I've been to Chicago. We walked in and uh guy goes Red Wings. So I think there's gonna be a few Wings fans at this game tonight. I hope so. <laughs> and I hope to be able to do a podcast next week because I survived it. But we're wearing the Brinket and Kane jerseys with the Red Wings logo to a Chicago Blackhawks game where I'm pretty sure so, in case you don't know this, Chelios' jersey is getting retired in Chicago. And the last time they tried to honor him, he did the ceremonial puck drop between the Wings and the Blackhawks after he retired. And the place booed him because he was he's from Chicago. He was drafted. No, I think he was drafted by Montreal. He ended up in Chicago and he left Chicago to come to the Red Wings and they just booed him. And then, like a, a good wrestler, Chelios went, come on, guys, let's bygones be bygones. I want to be. And so they're trying it again 10 years later or 15 years later. And so it's going to be inter- interesting to see, A, how many Red Wing fans come, and B, if Chicago stops booing them. Because I think he works for the Blackhawks now, too. So he's probably been back in town and doing commercials and stuff. So it should be fun. I'm going to get a puck that says Detroit or Chicago with the date on it. What, what would you think would be the over or under for the booing? Would it be like in the high 40%? Half and half. Uh, I mean, time is no, time, time no should heal all wounds. Right. I I would. I'm hoping for majority cheering, and, mm-hmm. and I expect that because it's been long enough, and he is their native son. It's not like you know Shanahan left to go to the Rangers. If he came back to get his jersey retired, he'd get booed because he's Canadian. He's not from Detroit, right? Mm-hmm. So, but if you're from the town, like. For us, Detroit, Fedorov is that guy. He left to go to Anaheim, took the money. He tried to even to go to Carolina, but the Red Wings matched it when he was uh-huh. a restricted free agent. 
But when he came back as a, uh, a duck to play the wings, they booed him every time he touched the puck. But if that guy walked in the building today, now that he's been retired for 20 years, the place would erupt. Yeah, the way it should, it should always be. You know, time heals all wounds. And, of course, right. the fandom of the jersey that you wear. But it's kind of funny that you're talking about Chris Chelios, that he's coming back to Chicago, coming back home, if you will, because this is a Chicago theme reflection ice because we're doing a PWR spotlight edition again, greatest heel turns. And, you know, Chelios is a great example of a heel turn, but right. for a different reason. But we're not doing a hockey heel turn reflection ice because, you know, we are doing a pro wrestling edition heel turn. And it's apropos that TW is talking about a Chicago Chicago white Chris Chelios. But TW is wearing a particular shirt for all the video reflection nights, but the audio doesn't does not see it. So I have to explain it. He is wearing his retro Legion of Doom Road Warriors. Is that a WWE shirt or is that no, a pro this, this is from Pro Wrestling Tees, which is also in Chicago. Cool. You know, again, this is AWA Road Warriors right here, man, looking at it. Yeah, you can tell by the face paint of, of, of Animal and Hawk, definitely with that. But we are doing a Greatest Heel Turns edition of the Pro Wrestling Spotlight. And we're going to focus on the Chicago uh, natives, if you will, the native sons, if you will, even though we know that the Road Wars were from Minnesota, from Burn territory and all that stuff. But again, we're not going into logistics. I did not know that until right now. I legit thought they grew up on Halston Street in Chicago. Oh, they were, from, you know, of course, of course they did the bars in Minnesota, but, you know, from. You could say the Midwest, but they were discovered in Minnesota. Maybe Chicago Halstead Street is their home, TW. But again, you travel from Chicago to Minnesota to Detroit, you're part of one network. It's like the, I'm not calling it the tri state area, but it has to be kind of like the tri Midwest state areas, you know, that it's all connected. That's just the way I look at it. That's just me, my humble opinion. But we are going to focus on, you know, it's a debated. Uh, greatest heel turn TW because again with the Row Wars, I think we have to look at it from this standpoint, Reflection Nights. In October of 1988, there were certain parameters that was going on in the National Wrestling Alliance. There were certain parameters that was going on with the Crockett's, with Dusty Rhodes himself, behind the scenes. And again, logistically, we have to talk about Crockett was losing millions and millions of dollars and he couldn't afford to pay the bills. So they were forced. Well, I, I can't say forced, but they had to. They had no choice but to sell to Ted Turner, to sell to TBS and all that stuff, to keep the lights going, to keep the NWA going for the next you know decade or so. And then it would be it would be morphed into WCW again. TW, that's just logistics. I'm just telling you that. But of course, the quandary in October of 1988, two people that were very you know prevalent. To the storylines that were very prevalent to WCW Saturday Night TW left for the WWF. And that was coincidentally who we debated about last week. Arn Anderson and Telly Blanchard. That was a major blow to NWA storylines. That was a major blow to WCW Saturday Night because, again, the four horsemen, you know, TW, did not like uh, this span storyline-wise. They just disbanded because Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard said, you ain't going to pay us the money that we deserve. We're going to go to Vince. We're going to go to Connecticut. And again, we can't fault people for being businessmen. But again, those were the logistics at hand. So Dusty Rhodes was forced to do something that would get people talking, would get the aftermags going. So he had no, I would say Dusty Rhodes had no choice, but he saw his two biggest stars on the tag team scenes in Animal and Hawk, respectively. And they had to go rogue. They had to go heel. So, TW, my question to you before we jump into certain scenarios about this heel turn in 1988 is, with all the stuff that I just said logistically, we can always go in hindsight. But we know the fandom. We know that the Road Warriors transcended to, let's say, blur the lines between heel and babyface. We just love them because of the because of the aura they presented. We just love them because of the face paint. We love them because of the spikes. I guess, you know, as our fandom, we couldn't boo them. It was almost like the Ricky the Dragon Steamboat curse. What say you, TW, about all that logistics? When they started out, they were heels. They just came out and just pummeled everybody, Goldberg style. And people liked it. People like winners. And they were winners. 
Mm-hmm. It's funny because you just said all that stuff. I was thinking, first of all, it looked earlier than 88. It looked um, almost like 86, 87-ish, but I knew it couldn't be because 86, because Sting didn't get there until 87, but it was a really, really young, early Sting, but he was doing the Scorpion Deadlock, so it was obviously 88. It was after he'd been there a year. Um, Sting was huge, too, man, but mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, like, did the Road Warriors leave soon after this? But they didn't leave till like ninety, right? Ninety. They, they, they didn't leave till ninety. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I was thinking, why would they turn them heel? Like it, it made no sense. And the match itself, I mean, Hawk did a good job of selling frustration. I think Animal was the one outside the ring hurt. Was he the one? Well, you know, we'll, we'll get into but, the match. I'll give you all the logistics. I'll give anyway, you the, the anyway, match the, itself. The, the 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 turn just was weird to me, and I was going to ask you. I'm like. There must have been a reason, and you gave it to me in the beginning. It was right when Tully and Arla, so they needed a heel tag team. But also they needed something. Imagine if it would have got over the way Hogan turning heel was. It would it would have changed everything earlier. That That is a, a great what-if TW and what scenario. If it, what if it scared them off of turning Hogan bad guy? Because a couple of the promos you had me watch, the crowd cheered when the Road Warriors talked about the, what they're going to do to Dusty and Sting. Yeah, th- that's why I'm just asking you this question because again, from where they started in the AWA, well, technically they started in the uh, the Mid South area. Again, the Legion of Doom was a was not the tag team Reflection Knights. It wasn't just Hawk and Animal and Paul Arling. There was King Kong Bundy. There was Jake the Snake Roberts. That was the original Legion of Doom core TW. And they, like you said, they were heels. But they haired King Kong Bundy. That too, but and also long pants wearing Jake the Snake, and also long hair Roll Roy Hawk because he did not have the full Mohawk himself too. But again, that's logistics. I would say this TW because again, I'm gonna just focus on 1988 because again, we already know that in the after mags they were multiple time tag team of the year. We know that they were you know AWA tag team champions. We knew that it was just a question of when they would become the NWA World Tag Team Champions. To, you know, get that legacy going to another level. We knew that they dominated Japan because they talked about how many successful tours of Japan. And again, Reflection Nights, the look. When you have six, five, six, six dudes weighing in at 275 pounds. And they're wearing all the leather and the spikes and stuff like that. And their finishing maneuver, TW, was the, the top rope clothesline that he just... Emerald just flipped you over and all that stuff. Doomsday device. The doomsday device. It was just the aura and the appeal was just, just right there. So I'll just say this. For 1988 purposes, I understand the heel turn reflection nights in TW. I understand what Dusty Rose wanted to do. But it's just like TW said. Out of necessity, we have to look at the reality. The fans just was not going to buy that. So they picked the wrong team. I think, just to me, the wrong team was picked to become full-blown heel, but they had no choice. You couldn't do the Midnight Express in 1988 because, again, they were having their, logistically, they were having their wars with the four horsemen. But it was tweener heels, both sides. It was not, it's like you said, TW, the, the, ex, the failed experiment is that you had to cheer for somebody and people gravitated towards Midnight Express becoming the baby faces. So you couldn't just flip them to become heel again but again that's neither here nor there so there was nobody else the rock and roll express could you turn them heel i don't know maybe you could have turned them heel but again they were having their issues with dusty rose they were having their issues with management tw so i'm just giving you all the logistics but they wouldn't look good as heels what you want to replace tully ollie and tarn oh, ollie and tarn tully and arn with uh, the rock and roll express in the in the four horsemen wouldn't look right it probably wouldn't work it probably would work. Remember Richard Morton? In the, uh, it didn't work even with Richard Morton back in the York, 90s. It York was, Foundation? It didn't. That didn't work either. So I'm sorry. It just, it's like you said, sometimes certain people did not fit the mold. Sid Vicious didn't Thomas fit in the mold. Some people didn't fit in the mold of the Four Horsemen like Paul Roma and Sid Vicious. Sid and, no, he didn't. Second best version of the Horseman. No, no one. But anyway, I guess we might have to debate on that one on a future episode. But again, the Rock and Roll Express did not fit the Four Horsemen mold. The Fantastics didn't fit the Four Horsemen mold. Wouldn't have looked right either. 
So again, there was nobody else to go full blown heel than the Road Warriors. So with that being said, you know, the funny thing, TW, is that on weekly TV, you know, the Road Warriors never said that, you know, we love the, you know, if you really look back and really like peel back the curtain, TW, you know how we always say there's Easter eggs to a heel turn, there's Mm -hmm. Easter eggs to a babyface turn. With the Road Warriors, respectively, Reflectionites. There was no Easter eggs with the Road Warriors because it wasn't like they were saying, we love the fans. We, we, we hear the cheers. You give us the edge. We need all that stuff. They don't give a damn. Hawk always talked about Animal as his brother, Paul Eldering as, as his manager. I only got two people that, de- that I depend on, and they depend on me. So it was us against the world. That's the way their promos were. That's the way they, th- their approach to their gimmick was to me. I never really heard about the fans. Like he never said the the Legion of Doomites and all that stuff. He never said they never said anything about the fans in any glowing way. They didn't care if the fans respected them. They didn't care if the fans cheered them or booed them. It was us against the world. TW, do you agree with that assessment, or did you see until WWE? Yes. Okay, until WWE. But they were called little. They were called kids, the little road warriors when they were. but of course, in WWE, Vince McMahon was trying to market it towards right. the children. So there was a reason for that. But, but we're talking about the Southern wrestling fans. We're talking right. about those AWA fans in Minnesota. They were badasses. They were badasses. They, they weren't panderers. They didn't pander to the fans. So that's what I'm just saying, TW. So again, there is no Easter eggs of promos. So initially, when this heel turn started, uh, Reflectionites, it started simple because, you know, they were building towards Starcade 88, if you will, Reflectionites, because, again, they were the six-man or trios tag team champions along with Dusty Rhodes. I'm, I get bullshit. You, you know that the, you know today's fans only know the words trios. I'm just trying to be res- I'm not trying to change the pronouns, TW. I'm just saying that there <laughs> are people that only acknowledge this word trios. But you and I know that there are six-man tag team championships, but they were the most dominant six-man tag team champions of all time. You know, no matter what, it, it was funny because I think it was just an, that that belt was created just an afterthought. This was, again, I think it just catered to the ego of Dusty Rhodes to create a belt that really, it didn't matter. It didn't matter who who they lost to. It was just a matter of time before they would get the belts back. So right. they were just building off promos. It was a gimmick belt just to build off for Great American Bash tours or Star K tours or Bunkhouse tours, whatever the case may be. But they were the current six-man tag team champions at this time. But Dusty Rhodes had other commitments. He had other charitable organizations to go to. He had to make a wish at the same time they were supposed to defend those six-man tag team championships against the Varsity Club. That would have been a great like six-man war if they really wanted to keep this going into the into 88, into 89. But again, neither here nor there. We already know the logistics. But with that being said, Dusty Rhodes called in an alternate. So he called him his little buddy, if you will, Sting to substitute for the Road Warriors, to substitute for himself so he can be in this six-man tag team title match with the Road Warriors. So with that, within that match, TW, we can see, well, you can really see the heel turn in a sense. Can you see it, TW? Can you see you, it? You can see Hawk is getting frustrated. Like, like, it, they explain it better in the post turn, but mm-hmm. during the match, you can't really tell what's going on. But towards the end of the match, everything the World Warriors did, Sting would pick up whoever and then start beating them up himself. So the mm-hmm. premise was Sting was doing something he didn't need to do because they already handled it. No, and no, you could no, see no, Hawk no, getting no, frustrated. Well, re- well, remember, within the six-man tag team title match, again, for the logistic purposes, Reflection Nights, so uh, you know we're not going to go move for move. But during this whole match, from the start of it, for the Road Warriors, they didn't care about Sting. He was just there to just be at about the corner. It. it was a handicap match in the in the eyes of the Road Warriors. It was three on two. It was the Varsity Club against the Road Warriors. They, they did not, for some strange reason, they just said that there was it was Dusty or nobody else. That was the way they were going to approach it. They didn't look at Sting as, as, a, as an equal. But again, you did not see that. They just kept tagging in between each other. It was Hawk and Animal, Hawk and Animal within this match. And then when the 
clusterfuck came, if you will, TW. Then everybody got it. And then, but the, I have to say this. The announce, if you see it on TV, the announcing between Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone, you know, when Sting came in to do his like cleaning house and all that stuff, or getting his kicks in, if you will, reflection nights, oh, Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone went crazy. They went crazy for Sting because that was their goal. They wanted to get Sting to the next level. And it worked to a degree because if you hear the fans, the fans wanted to see Sting in that ring doing something. So the fans got it. And then after everything, then the rowers said, what the hell are you doing? You're trying to get shine on us? You're trying to take our thunder? We don't need you. We don't need, we don't want nothing to do with you. So it started simple, TW, with that. They were like, they disrespected him. They kind of mushed him and pushed him. And then when Sting was trying to, uh, let's just say, you know, keep up with the Joneses, he was like, I'm not afraid of you too. I'm trying to help you out. I'm doing this for Dusty. That's when the part, that's when the attack happens. So what say you after you see all that, you know, going down? Right. And, and so I didn't, I didn't see the, the whole match. I don't think, cause I don't remember them not tagging them in, but I know at the end, I kept thinking every time animal and Hawk, when I, I, was it sting that made the hot tag? I think it was. Sting. No, they never, they never tagged sting in. It was a clusterfuck. Everybody got into the ring. Then Sting so in hindsight, that's usually a scene where Sting would be the one turning on them to make him lose the belts because he was mad. Like, he should have been the one upset. Mm-hmm. But they did make him out to be like an eager kid. He got in there. But every time Animal and Hawk did like a double team with whoever, Sting then picked him up and did something to him. And then when he had him in the Scorpion Deathlock, that's when Hawk hit him from behind. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Um... They explained it in the back. That explains it even more when you said they never tagged a man. I didn't notice that. Because, uh-huh. you know, my pet peeve is when guys beat the hell out of the other team and then turn on them right. and join the other team like Barry did to Lex. And it's like, why would you beat the hell out of those guys if you're just going to turn on Lex anyway? But to be fair here, NWA or maybe Southern wrestling tag teams – do not fit that mold of heel turns, you know, with your formula, TW. Mm-hmm. I think they, they they tried to. What the hell are you doing? Mini eggs? My good. See, Reflection Ice, this is the only show that you hear TW either opening something, drinking something, eating something. You know, he he doesn't respect me. That's what it is. I don't know. Bullshit. I'm fat and hungry. That's the difference. I'm in Chicago on my vacation. I'm just saying. But anyway, neither here nor there. But. Southern wrestling storylines, I don't think it follows the the formula that you really think it does. I think that's why with the Barry Hill turn, they change the rules a lot. They make it so it doesn't follow a formula. And that's what I love about NWA or maybe Southern wrestling when it comes to turns. Sometimes you just don't see it happening. Sometimes it just is, is something that goes that makes you your jaw drop. That's why with, with the staying, you know, not getting the tag in and then you seeing the, the heel turn happen. I don't call it necessarily a heel turn reflection nights. I just call it two frustrated dudes that was like, we don't respect you. Right. You're not we on our Well, I'm yeah. talking about how Barry Windham, they kind of did the same thing. Like Luger wasn't there when he went to tag him, all that. But mm-hmm. for him to turn on Luger and then throw up the hands like it was the plan all along, there's no way he should have beat the hell out of Tully and Arn for 20 minutes before turning on. It just makes you think. That's all Remember it is. Remember Orndor turned on Hogan? He yeah, never if- tagged in. Never tried, just left them high and dry and then gave them a the clothesline. Well, again, a week later, there, there's always a formula. That's all. It, there's not always the formula. You have to give a little nuance. That's all I'm just saying. So within this match, Reflectionites, they beat the hell out of Sting. They make a statement. They did the Doomsday the Firestone Sting, and Sting sold it very, very well. And then who else comes in but another young up-and-comer? The, the man of the 90s, too, TW. Who's that? That's Of course. You know, again... With that being said, TW, you could see the writing on the wall that they wanted to do something between the Road Warriors and Sting and Lex Luger. Because again, if you peel the, if you kind of remember what was going on in 1988, Sting and Lex Luger teamed up to win the Crockett Cup. Sting and Lex Luger were like not joined at the hip, but it, the aftermath were talking about Sting and Luger as the as the wrestler of the 90s, as the wrestlers as the future of the business, that they were going to take wrestling to another level. So it was apropos that the, the team of the 80s, 
the wrestlers of the 80s, the most dominant team of the 80s, the Road Warriors, would do something with the team or maybe the, the future of the 90s. Did that make sense to you? Yeah, and they also, by having them do what they did to Lex, it lets everyone know, okay, they're not just mad at Sting, they're mad at everybody, and they're bad guys. So with that being said, Reflection Eyes, again, with the Road Warriors, they made a statement, but also they had to have a promo to explain themselves. And of course, the backstage promo between Tony Schiavone and the Road Warriors in the locker room after what they did, again... Tony Schiavone was trying to, like, speak to the Road Warriors like they let the fans down. I remember that 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 very vividly, like, that Tony Schiavone said that. Said that to Hawk and said that to Animal. And then with Road Warrior Hawk, he defined what I was saying a couple of minutes ago. They never catered to the fans. They were just, like you said, TW, badasses. They, we didn't let nobody down. We do. We are who we say we are. We are the, the baddest team on the planet. We are the badasses of, you know, of professional wrestling. We beat people down. Who let us down was the American dream, Dusty Rose, daddy. He's the one that didn't make it to the show. He's the one that took money out of our pocket. He's the one that put Sting in the match. It, they all, and Road Wars blamed Dusty Rose for, you know, for sandbagging them by giving them an alternate that they didn't like. So what's the ETW? Because again, it wasn't to me. I don't look at it as a heel promo. I look at it as a frustration promo. Like you said, you said that word frustration very vividly and very fluidly. What say you? And they did a good job of really it wasn't seeing they were turning on. It was dusty. Uh-huh. And Paul Ellering said, the kid's a good kid. We just never liked him. And, and, and then Hawk said, we're sick of carrying people. You put people with us so that we can, you know, he didn't say shine, but he said something along those lines, like, uh-huh. you know, to give him the rub or whatever. And he goes, and we're sick of it. I need him. He needs me. We need our manager. And that's it. That's how it's always been. That's how it always will be. Which is a lie, because we already talked about Jake Snake and King Kong Bundy. Well, again, you know, how much of the history does everybody try to re- remember? Right. Because the, the, the Legion of Tomb then turned into that tripod, if you will, reflection. That's, it was Hawk, Animal, and Paul. And by the way. Hawk grew up in St. Paul, Minnesota, and Animal grew up in Philadelphia. I knew one of them. I knew they were from. I knew it was the Minnesota thing because, again, that was the. Bo- I, I think really they were, thought they grew up together, like me and Rico. <laughs> well, no, no, I knew one of them. I knew. I Matter knew. Fact, Hawk that? is one of the infamous people that went to that school. It was Hawk, rude, perfect, Repo Man, mm-hmm. and I think. Uh, fuck. I had to well, no, you're right because Animal met Hawk in Minnesota. That's where they did the. That's where they were bouncing in those bars and stuff up there where the wrestlers yeah. hung out. So that's why I knew they. That's why the Minnesota thing always kept stuck in my head. Nikita so, Koloff. Yeah, that, I think Nikita Koloff was part of that connection too. But no, they all went to the same high school. Rude, perfect, Repo Man, Hawk, and and uh, Koloff. Oh, okay. Nikita. But with that being said, Reflection Eyes, they made the statement. And again, there's no Easter eggs. Again, the heel turns when you look at it right now, because again, it's funny that we do these uh, heel turn episodes of the Spotlight TW, because again, we have always tried to like put a little hindsight into it. We always try to delve into, did they give us breadcrumbs? Barry Wyndham, there was no, there was no breadcrumbs before it. We Other heard, than the receipt, because Lex did it to him. It was, it was the receipt. And all the after effects. The same thing with the NWO. There is no Easter eggs. It's just that they went with the storylines of certain things that are going on. And with the Road Wars, no Easter eggs, but we see what's going on within the within that match itself. So the Road Wars made the statement on Sting. The Road Wars made the statement on Lex Luger. So what? So what's the next thing for the Road Wars to do? Well, the next thing for the Road Wars to do to keep their badassery going, to keep that heel momentum going is to go after the Midnight Express, to go after the NWA World Tag Team Championships. So TW, now that they were, let, let's just say the chains are off of them, that they can maybe cheat a little bit, maybe be a little bit more aggressive. I showed you that match where they won those NWA World Tag Team titles. Now, if you saw, you remember Starcade 87, right, TW? You remember them going after Tully and Arn for the NWA Tag Team Championships. 
they kind of held back. So I'm just trying to give the reflection. It's a little bit of a picture in their head. They held back. They tried to be fair. They were like, they're badasses, but, you know, we can win the right way. We can do the right. We can do it the right way and all that stuff. And they fell short. They always fell short to becoming the NWA Tag Team Champions. But with the Midnight Express and that chain of trying to hold back TW, if you will, all bets are off. And they did what they had to do against the Midnight Express. So what say you about, you know, keeping that heel momentum going? Was, see, this is what I was going to ask you, because I felt like I don't remember a time ever where the Midnight Express were good guys, ever. And I remember them No, no, no. It's like, it's like I said. When they were going against the Horsemen, it's like you always said. Right, you had to cheer you have, someone. You got to everyone. cheer somebody. Else. So yeah. I guess the Midnight Express was more empathetic. I think the reason. Stan Lane is the reason. No, it was Bobby Eaton. Bobby Eaton's the reason. Because but he didn't he talk. Didn't. I'm saying. No, no. Had the well, no, no. Let, me, let me just say this. All right. Because Bobby Eaton didn't talk. Because Bobby. Bobby Eaton took an ass whooping from the Horsemen. And that, that was that vivid thing. But again, that had nothing to do with it. But Bobby Eaton had that face. He had that like. Maybe that Daniel Bryan kind of empathy face. He had that Johnny Gargano empathy face. If he took ass, or the Ricky Morton thing. He was the one that you felt Steve empathetic Moore. for. So with that being said, what say you about this match and all that stuff? Because, again, somebody had to be cheered and was the Midnight Express. It was weird because Jim Cornette hit Animal with a tennis racket and the crowd cheered. And it's like, what is happening here? But what I do like about it is, and this is this, is this uh, like I was thinking about this the other day when I was driving for work. And I'm like. As, as bad as bad guys were, like Rick Rue was a bad guy, right? Mm -hmm. He did dirty things to, to Jake Roberts. He did dirty things to the Ultimate Warrior, to Ricky Steamboat. I remember Jake Snake did to Ricky Steamboat. Anyway, but when a bad guy was champion, they didn't do it to them. And, like, in order to make wrestling sport and make it real, obviously you wouldn't have the cheating and everything, but why wouldn't a bad guy – go after another bad guy like it's you know what i mean like and mm -hmm. so that's what i liked about this was the crowd was just chaotic i don't even know if they were really cheering for the midnights they just were cheering against the road warriors and and for one second as a matter of fact now that i think about it it might not even have been a cheer it might have been a oh like because we already talked about how their promo the crowd still cheered for them so it was like they were probably mad because i'm like how is someone cheering jim Cornette? period let alone mm -hmm. over the road warriors but it was a fresh wound and so are you telling me this is the first time they ever won the belts and then in the end of the way yes this was their so first it's probably the only time it was their first and one only time and it wasn't until 88 yeah wow that's some tommy dreamer shit right there well you know it's funny because again the road warriors legacy Reflectionites of them being the best tag team in the world. You know, we know the pedigree of being AWA World Tag Team Champions. We know the pedigree of being WWF Tag Team Champions and NWA and multiple time Japan Tag Team Champions. So the resume is there. But if you peel back a little bit, you just see there were only one time AWA Tag Team Champions. There were only one time uh, NWA Tag Team Champions, and they were only one-time WWF Tag Team Champions. So it's, it's kind of funny with, when you when you look at that from that. That's part. back when one reign meant something, dude. Like no, no, but I'm just saying, being just one time, that's it. But you know, in the '90s, when you became multiple-time WWF Tag Team Champions or multiple-time WCW Tag Team Champions, it was standard practice. It wasn't standard practice. It was a it was a monumental feat to become two-time. And for Rick, and, and again, reflection nights don't come at the professor. Well, Rick Flair by '88 was already five-time champion. What are you talking about? No, no, no. We're talking about certain things about dominance and relevancy and all that stuff. Even Rick Flair being five-time champion by the time it was 1988, he wasn't five-time in in the span of five months. He was five-time in the span of seven years. So that's special. That's something different. Again, you know, again, you know, Charlotte Flair it wasn't was hot potato. Yeah, like you, you said. talk about scripted shit. It was the same every year. He won the belt back from whoever he lost it to a month or two earlier. Right. I'm just saying, but it's not like Charlotte Flair was the 14-time champion within two years. Right. She's, you know, that's bad. That's hot potatoing reflection. Right. But Ric Flair was like five-time champion between 81 to 88 and all that stuff. So that's special. That's still special. And for the Road Wars to just be one-time ta tag team champions in by 88 in the NWA, that says something because, again, Dusty Rose, if you will, TW, kind of like 
he saw the money in them chasing. He saw the money in them not, you know, finishing the story, if you will, <laughs> of not having those tag team titles. But for the heel momentum, TW, it made all the sense of the world for them to finish their story and to prove that promo before to say, I, I trust him. He trusts me. We trust Paul. And that's all that matters. So with that mantra and that mindset, that was it. They didn't, they, they like, they blurred out the fans. They shut them out. They didn't care if they booed them or whatever. Of course they cheered because it was the written, the, the road wars against the midnight express in October of 1988 in a, in a sold out, like uh, new Orleans, Louisiana, uh, uh, Cent- Century City Arena. I forget what what arena it was, but it was in Louis- Louisiana. That's that says something. When five thousand people are looking at a tag team match, that's a dream match. Tw, you don't see the Road Warriors and the Midnight Express. You know, you saw that in '86, Night of the Skywalkers. That you was, saw that. That was you saw that. Right, that was Condry. You saw that in 1987 with uh, the Crockett Cup when the Road Warriors and Midnight Express fought each other. It's special when the Road Warriors and the Midnight Express fight each other because you don't see it a lot. They kind of they kind of separated them from their own storyline. So what say you about that kind of mindset that Dusty Rhodes put that? Because that made that match even bigger. I like first of all, the crowd was just buzzing the whole time. I like how they won. It was Bobby Eaton was just getting his ass whooped outside the whole time, couldn't get back in the ring, and then finally gets in the ring. And Animal did something simple and then cradled him. Mm-hmm. It was the kind of shit that made it feel real. Like it was just not Bobby had nothing left. He fought just to get back in the ring. And then finally it didn't take much to finish him off. And and the crowd reaction to them winning and uh, them them winning, they they did celebrate it in such a way that it felt like it was their first time, but I mm-hmm. felt like they were just overselling because they were heels, right? Like it wasn't their first time. So that's nuts to me. That's their only win. So now I see why they were kind of celebrating like it was winning the Super Bowl because it was. And <laughs> it was the only time they did it. Who'd they lose them to? They lost it in a in '89. It was technically to the Varsity Club at Clash of the Champions, but they did the uh, the rogue referee, and that was the Teddy Long f- factor on that one. So just giving that logistics there for the for the Reflectionites. because they got a new uh, four pack of wrestling figures coming out, and you build Teddy Long referee action figure out of the parts that come with each guy. But they don't have the pink suit and the uh, the the sound of the the Undertaker. Uh, Teddy Long, the GM Teddy Long. No, they probably have one of those, but this yeah. is so like one figure comes with his head, one comes with his torso, one comes with his arms, one comes with his legs. Well, yeah, and, and that's the ones that I open up and then I put them all on display. I got everyone's usually in a suit, like there's Luger's coming out in one where he's wearing that big puppy shirt that he wore on Nitro, the first mm-hmm. Nitro, right? Um, but otherwise, it's Mean Gene, Vince McMahon, Paul Ellering, and uh, Rick Rude. And Mr. Perfect, all in suits. Those are the five that I have. And then oh, I'm okay. gonna do Luger and the 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 pirate shirt from Seinfeld. Cool. Uh, again, uh, you know, <laughs> would you take the head out of the torso? That that's that's almost like Silence of the Lamb shit to me. But anyway, <laughs> neither here nor there. Reflection ass. But you want to take the head out of your butt? That's you said that. I didn't say nothing. I'm just. But again, <laughs> the second head. Yeah. Again. The one that slid into your DMs. <laughs> You want to talk about, don't talk about sliding. That's why I'm not going to say nothing, TW, <laughs> again. That's why I told you, know, you. Those are two headboards. That's not one. That's two uh-huh. different beds. I'm, I'm just saying, for all the video reflection, <laughs> when they track Brown, the slowest motherfucker out there, all I'm just saying is slide into the DMs, and if you see this video, don't look at the professor. Look at TW's camera. You're the one with the room blurred out because you don't want to see the, the, the person change to the headboard be, behind be, you. The same, that the air conditioning the, unit right here? This ain't a debate special. That's all I'm just saying. This ain't a, I'm winning this debate, too. But anyway, let's get back to this heel. You always win with the dudes in this DMs. I know. I, did this. I got okay. zero. <laughs> again, inside joke reflection. That's inside joke. But again, I'm, I'm protecting TW about this one. But anyway, let's go into the Peace Day Resistance, TW, because, again, now they, they made the they, – they did the – would you call it a receipt thing? Would you call it a receipt to... to no, no, I, I think it was a message to Dusty. Okay. I think it was a message deal. to Dusty because of what they did this thing in Luger. It was a message to Dusty by what they did to the Midnight Express. Because now symbolically, Reflectionites, it proved we don't need Dusty either. We don't need the six-man tag team championships. We can handle this stuff ourselves. We, we'll, 
I think I think even during the uh, the WCW Saturday nights, Reflection Nights, they didn't give Dusty back his six-man belt. They kept it. They kept it hostage, if you will. So, again, symbolically, it was a heel. It was a dick move, but they were proving the point. It was us against the world. We don't need nobody. But the peace day resistance of this heel turn momentum was center stage, if you will, TW. On WCW Saturday night, again, they're celebrating. They're, they're kowtowing. They're peacocking, if you will, because now they got the NWA World Tag Team Championships around their shoulders, around their waist, whatever the case may be. But they still haven't had a, let's say, a face-to-face. They haven't had that meeting with Dusty Rhodes and all that stuff. So what happens, Reflection Nights? They call Dusty Rhodes out, but he didn't come out initially when they came out. Dusty Rhodes, on the other hand, when it was his time for the promo. Passed him right by as they were going to the back. He right. Was he was so coming weird. out. So it was so weird. That, that's right. You, you, you caught that, too. So now Dusty Rhodes comes out. He talks to David Crockett. Now he wants them to come back out. So it was Dusty Rhodes against Animal in the ring because, again, they're not going to talk, T.W. We knew that. The face-to-face, it was going to be some some fist flying. So take it away, T.W. What did you see? <laughs> the ambiance and all that stuff. That's another thing I like was that interview with Animal where he said, are you telling me I got a singles match with Dusty Rhodes on April 7th in uh, Chattanooga? What? No, it was, it was December 7th. It was a clash. Whatever. Mm-hmm. whatever. Oh, it was a clash? Yeah, it was a class. Oh, wow. So I, I like that. Again, it's, it's another thing that made it feel real. And everything those guys were saying, some, Hawk was a little bit over the top with some kind of scripted stuff, but not scripted, but you know what I mean, practiced before he said it. Um, mm-hmm. So when Dusty comes out and he's like, let's not talk. Let's not wait to Chattanooga. <laughs> he got in the ring and then the rowers walked right back out. Like they probably stopped and were watching Dusty talk anyway. And mm-hmm. it's like, that's the thing. Like you already know, I've said it a million times. The dumbest promo I've ever seen in my life was Hulk Hogan running through the jungle, ran into the giant's hands. The giant chokes him out of screen, then looks into the screen and goes, Hulk Hogan, when I get my hands on you, I'm going to wring your neck. And I'm like, you're doing it right now. What are you talking about when you get your hand? So that's what this felt like to me. Like They were just talking shit and Dusty didn't come out. Dusty comes out as they're leaving. He talks shit. They don't come out. But when Dusty gets in the ring, Animal comes out all sheepishly. And one thing I want to say about the Midnight Express matches, they sold for Stan Lane huge. Like, he was just kicking their ass with his little fake karate kicks. Like, he's the worst Mm -hmm. martial artist I've ever seen, which means he's probably good at it. And he's doing weird things with his legs that you just don't realize how hard it is what he's doing with them. But Animal sold big time for Stan Lane. And by the way, Stan Lane, I love him. He is the poster child for Roy Butt and Roy Gut, <laughs> especially with them old VHS on the YouTube where everything's blurry. It looked like he was wrestling in a giant diaper, and I was like, yep, that's Roy Gut. But uh, oh. anyway, when Dusty got in there, it was like the whole promo, um, I thought to myself, I'm waiting for the day that Cody does one of those promos word for word, like it's him doing it, right? You never know. It could happen. Right. He, you know, it's right. it's in the will. It's in it's in that it's in Dusty Will. He could get he could get that promo. But anyway, need oh, yeah. <laughs> Hot times. But what say you about seeing again? We kind of laughed at the promo, but there was a premise to it. There, there was Dusty's felt that a statement again needed to be made because he had to take the statement from the rewards. So what say you about seeing all that happen? I just I just like that it was Animal versus Dusty, not Dusty and somebody versus Animal and Hawk. Um, they were slow burning it. Like he wasn't, mm-hmm. first of all, he wasn't the one who got turned on. And it was like, almost like the captain's matches. Dusty was representing Sting because you turned on him. And Animal's re- representing the Road Warriors to take take his comeuppance for doing what mm-hmm. they did to Sting and Luger. But it felt real that, that I swear, man, I, I don't, I, I did the Survivor Series. So I've, I've been there and 20,000 people there, but they didn't cheer for my Druid ass. So I don't know what would have been, been a greater feeling. Probably a WrestleMania with 50,000 people cheering for you would have been good. But that Omni and the center stage and all that in Atlanta, those TV studios where there's not even a 50 to 100 people in them, they're uh-huh. so rabid that you can't help but get caught up in it. Like, they they were behind everything, right? Like, that's why I wish – I think NWA is, is on a cable cha- channel now, is it? No, it's on an app right now. Okay, CW, but I can watch it free. Yeah, CW. So, mm-hmm. do you got to pay for that app? 
Yeah. Oh, well, I, well, I ain't going to see it then. But but their their studio is similar, but the fans aren't as bananas like they are in the 80s, you know. But, dude, like, uh-huh. I could have done jobs back then in the Omni and in, in, in the center stage, and I never did it because I thought it would be the kiss of death. But, again, because of my size, they would have killed me. They would have murdered me. They would have put me in there with the nasty boys until I quit, and it would have been quick because – I would have fist fought one of fat fucks and uh, right. got killed for, for my efforts. But but that place is just so it's probably torn down now. But it's so man, it's just so like this this whole segment, everything it's, about it's it. So, it's so vivid and it, and it like right. you said, it felt so real because again, now it's Animal and Hawk double teaming Dusty Rhodes, and then the Peace Day Resistance that got Dusty Rhodes initially fired in January of '89 was what he decided animal to do so you want to take over from that spot he took that spike and and gouged him up and and then they did the promo afterwards where he goes you think this is fake and stabbed it into the desk and stuck mm. it into the set and then uh they had the blood on their hands that, that's what got him fired yeah they did TBS. not want they did not want dusty rose to do that spot they did not want the spike in the eye if you will reflect they did it anyway yeah dusty rose bucked the system he did wow, it anyway. good for Dusty, man, because that's a monumental moment, right? So, well, well, remember they were under new management. It wasn't under Crockett. It was under TBS. It was under that that banner of Ted Turner. So right. he had, to, you know, if it was under the Crockett banner, Crockett would have went through it, maybe paid a fine with the FCC yeah, and all yeah, that. Right stuff. after this episode aired, they probably aired Silence of the Lambs, where a dude was wearing someone's face, and that's no well. Big deal. Well, again, to be fair here, and be fair. They they let him finish out. His, I think he got fired from his booking uh, duties, if you will, right. because right. he still had he still had a clash of champions to do and he still had a starcade to do. So forget about the logistics, T.W. Well, what say you? Uh, because, again, Dusty wanted to get the Road Wars. He wanted to get the fans to be like, oh, shit, they're actually doing this to Dusty. Oh, shit. Because, again, on paper. Dusty Rose re- represents Americana. Dusty Rose represents the common man. Dusty people. Rose re- represents the people, the everyman, and all that stuff. And symbolically, the Road Warriors doing the spike to the eyes. Dusty wanted to garner people getting, people like being rabid against them. But again, with the Road Warriors aura and presence, even Dusty couldn't have fathomed that that result. Didn't get what he wanted. What's the ATW about the whole thing? That's the right promo there? that they cheered when he stabbed the thing in the table and said, that's nothing compared to what we're going to do to you. You know, we, we rip off faces, which Hawk, Hawk said before the spike. And then they did the spike and then said, that's what we do. We, he said kick faces. And then he said rip off faces. And it, it was just, it was macabre. But it, mm-hmm. it was awesome. Like, it's almost similar to when, they beat up Ricky Morton and the horseman did and rubbed his face on the concrete because it left a visible injury mm-hmm. to the face. Right. Dusty took one for the team, was was gigged for sure. And uh it was it was well done, but the fans were like, fuck yeah. You know, it was like yeah, it was a that, sign of things to come because probably by mid nineties, definitely by the NWO, they cheered bad guys. The fans mm-hmm. became cheering and I Way back when, when I had my top five wrestlers in my middle school notebook, it was bad guys. It was, I Rick Rude, Mr. Perfect, Razor Ramon, um, Macho Man when he was a bad guy, and then Ricky Steamboat made the made the cut. But but my favorites were the bad guys. They just right. they were fun. So we're gonna close out a little bit, uh, reflectionized because again, this is what they wanted out of this. But the funny thing, TW was it didn't last long. Because this heel turn technically lasted from, get this, October of 1988 to February of 1989. <laughs> it only, wait, wait, I'm doing my, my math. November, December, January, a four-month heel turn that then meshed to nothing. And again, they, you know, with promos, they, they explain themselves out of it and all that stuff. But again, TW, we have to look at it from, from the end result. In hindsight, we know what Dusty wanted. And again, I didn't show you the match of Clash of the Champions against with Animal against Dusty Rhodes because Dusty Rhodes symbolically was wrestling with an eye patch. We I didn't show you the match of Starcade '88 where it was Dusty and Sting challenging the Road Warriors for the NWA Tag Team Championships, 
And uh, I think uh, Dusty and Sting won by disqualification. Or No, no, no. It was the Road Warriors that won by disqualification or whatever. But again, the logistics is not there. But when you see those matches, I know you didn't see it. I understand that. But even what you're saying actually happened. The Road Warriors were cheered. It wasn't like oh, a chorus of boos. It was, you know, you might get that like 20 to 30% booze, but it was still 70% cheers because it was the road fucking warriors, TW. Road warrior pop exists was, for a reason. It was the road warrior pop. So let's just say this, a four month heel turn that didn't work and didn't get what you wanted. You didn't really get the sting against, uh, sting and Luger against the road warriors, maybe for Starcade 88, because they, I think to me, TW, because there's two ways to end this too. Because because Dusty Rose lost his booking power from TBS, we did not know where Dusty Rose was going to do long term storytelling in 1989. Because again, with Dusty Rose, he he's thinking like six months ahead. So in essence, I think he's thinking Sting Luger versus the World Wars, maybe for the NWA Tag Team Championships, and that's where Sting and Luger would have won those titles. Do you agree or disagree? Absolutely, but but again, you you got the the. Uh protecting your spot situation where we're animal and hawk gonna put over two young guys you know what i mean like, mm -hmm. like piper never did it he finally right. did with brett but he didn't do it before brett and mm -hmm. and it depends i think road warriors did business they lost to the natural disasters or is that who they won from i don't well animal did business hawk was on on meds so you know could he do business no if he was if he was lucid maybe but if he's on meds no he he didn't do business so right. In that essence, so TW, to close it out, because, again, there's really nothing to say here. So I'm going to put a little bit of a what if spin because, you know, we always do a little bit of what ifs. And it's and I'm going to we're going to do another future. Again, the most popular series of the PWRs is the what ifs. But I have to think of a great brainchild, TW. But you've heard this what if, too, right? What if the Road Warriors were the, you know, the alternates or to put into the Four Horsemen? Because, again, it might have made most of the sense to be the two enforcers into the Four Horsemen to protect Ric Flair's heavyweight title, to, <clears throat> excuse me, to protect Barry Windham's U.S. title. Would the, do you think the Road Wars being infused into the Horsemen would have worked or would it have just been like, you know, trying to pull the wool or just throwing out into the ceiling to see if something sticks? I think it would have been weird. I think. Same thing with the Rock and Roll Express. Unless the Rock and Roll Express completely, because remember, the the Road Warriors, the whole premise of the Horsemen was they were jet flying, limousine riding. So they to still be the gay biker bar look wouldn't have made sense in the Horsemen, mm -hmm. which is almost what Barry and Sid were, mm -hmm. you know, the leather chaps and whatever. But Barry slicked his hair back and embraced the whole champagne and talked more like Ric Flair. So, I mean, I guess Animal and Hawk wearing sunglasses, that would have fit if they wore suits out there. It would have made people hate them, for sure. Right. But they couldn't just be. Otherwise, it would be more like a big Bubba Rogers situation. You're not really in the family. You're here to protect the family. Like, you're an employee, not a member. And that's like that's like two big Bubba Rogers right there. But they can wrestle, though. Right, and right. they can kick ass. Right. And it would inevitably lead to Flair and, and, and Barry versus the Road Warriors when it went shit up. And But... It, the, the hard part is is Tully and Arn left, so if Animal and Hawk got in there, it would have looked like this is the best we could do, right? Like it's different if it was right. a double turn, like Arn and Tully turned good and left the Horsemen because like Powers of Pain demolition, the the swap, where mm -hmm. again it was confusing and the crowd thought that he was turning on um, demolition to be a good guy, but the reality was it was the opposite. He was firing them to make the Powers of Pain. The bad guys right uh, but demolition so. was over like they were there to be his version of the road warriors they deny that but that's what they no, were. but but you're giving the example of a double turn that confused the fans so this would have been going into the to the full horseman after all that history would have been right. kind of confusing it would have made flair hated it would, have, it would have got flair more heat like damn it you even took the road wars from us first took barry you took lex now you take the road if, Warriors. if if flair had a promo saying we want the road warriors then maybe it would have worked. But again, that's hindsight reflection. I said, with that being said, we close on this special PWR spotlight. Greatest heel turns, the Road Warriors in 1988. So what we're going to do next week, TW? 
I think it's time to go back to the movies. It's time to do something that uh, Chris, Christopher Paul Proust Winland asked me to do. I think Tian Coupon asked me to do months ago. But we have to do it. The movie starring Roddy Roddy Piper from 1988. Hell comes to Frogtown. The apocalyptic kind of thriller that has, uh, you know, the you know the the human population is run by frogs or some shit like that. I have no idea, but it's called Hell Comes to Frogtown, and it's on YouTube. So I'm gonna send you the link for free, and you don't have to buy it, you don't have to rent it, and all that stuff. Tw. So thank the professor for giving you something free to watch. That's ought to be good. And so with that being said, T.W., give out those socials so we can get out of here and you can celebrate with Chris Chelios at the bar. So probationary, the PWC network at podbean.com. You can follow them there. Um, Then also Hameen Media Group at podbean.com as well as channelattitude.com. Our show is on X at PW Reflection. Uh, Big Ray does this and all kind of other stuff on social media in any situation you can find him on a social media app at Big Ray Hernandez every uh, Wednesday he's live with the Next Level podcast you can find me on Instagram and X at Tommy Wonder 19 Snapchat number wonder Facebook.com backslash Tommy Wonder and at the Tommy Wonder on TikTok as well as another X Big Vito and Noel can be found at Big Vito Brand on TikTok and you can watch the early release of Reflection, this video, or all of the future and past ones, but you can get the early release of it at Big Ray Hernandez on X. And you can find me on my Twitter or Xer at PWSOPROF. That's PWSOPROF. And if this gets uploaded by the slowest motherfucker, A-Track Brown, this will be on the PWSO YouTube networks. Follow my brothers in arms, Billy Ray Valentine, the man of the Wednesday locker room at OB1, you know me. And the king of the reactions, 8-Track Brown at the number 8, T-R-A-C Brown. And again, next week, we're going back to the movies. We're going to do that movie that people have been asking me to do. Hell Comes to Frogtown. I hate I hate the title right now, T.W. I already hate the title. So I'm I hate looking, the description. I hate the description, too. So, you know, Roddy Piper saves the human population from frogs. That's all I know. So we're going to enjoy this fucking movie and we're going to react to it. So with that being said, I'm the professor. That's Mr. Detroit who's going to invade Chicago and tell Chicago to kiss his ass, kiss his Detroit ass. Tommy Wonder saying goodnight and we'll see you next time here at the PWR podcast at the Hameen Media Group at Podbean.com. Peace. Ooh, what a rush. Did they do that? I don't remember. That's the warrior know. and Benoit. <laughs> yeah, that, that's well. Amon, I guess it, or whatever. Can't, can't do Benoit, you know. Can't say Benoit. <laughs>